Hi there, it's Slava Rudnitsky and this is English Tea. I'd like to start the second episode of the third season with a shout-out to people who provided feedback to my previous episode. Anya and Nastya, thank you for your kind words. It's been great hearing from you and I hope to hear more for the future episodes. So if you have heard the previous episode, please do let me know what you think of it. If no, we will attach the link in the notes. So I have a short confession to make. It turns out that I don't have formal language education. Yep. So I studied English at school and then that's it. Uh, I was a work and travel student for one summer and then decided to get a job and accidentally bumped into American English Center where since I was a fluent but not very accurate person, they gave me some basic students to tutor and to teach. And lo and behold, I became an English teacher. But in this process, I faced lots of challenges and it turned out that most of them were related to one big, huge reason. And I think that many of you have a, the same kind of troubles as well. And this is named scientifically native language interference. It happens when you translate things from your native language and they affect your English speaking. Uh, there are three examples or three cases where you can see that and I'll try offering simple shortcuts that help me in my learning process. If you have any alternative ideas, please let me know at our YouTube channel or at sonar.one um, below this episode. You might also contact me at Facebook directly if you don't want to go into the public area. I'm always happy to hear any feedback you have. So, native language interference. Uh, I believe that one of the most painful uh, and troublesome topics for many people who study English is the articles. People tend to be angry and ignore them and fight them and try to learn, but it's quite often a fail. And I've been thinking of the reasons like why it is such a big issue. And of course, one of the most obvious that comes to everyone's mind is that we don't have such articles in Ukrainian or Russian language. That's why Ukrainians tend not to use them at all. And I believed in this idea as well for quite a while until I went to Baltic countries and I heard some Lithuanians and Estonians speaking English. And it turned out that many of them do use articles more frequently and more accurately than Ukrainians and uh, Russian speakers. And For me, it was a great surprise because as far as I know, there are no articles in, in the Lithuanian, in Lithuanian language. So what's the case there? Um, I had a few conversations with people who were learning and teaching English there, and it turns out that they always learn nouns with articles attached all the time. So they would never learn the word like engineer, laptop, or microphone. It would always be an engineer, a laptop, and a microphone. And for them, these words are forever attached and there is no way they could use a single countable noun without an article because it was just always learned like this. So what does this fact or finding have for you? Because you're probably halfway uh, or even more in learning English and it's kind of late yeah, to, to do something. Well, first of all, if you have kids, 
they will probably benefit from you knowing this because you will be able to help them learning the words accurately and avoiding this issue in the future. But what about us? People who already have learned these bottle, microphone, and other things. Uh, by the way, interesting fact that most of the words you studied at your elementary level, like a table, a car, a boy, you always use with an article because when you were beginners and elementary learners, you did learn things with articles. But later on, you dropped them. And in order to restore it right now, you probably have to substitute the single words with entire phrases or collocations. Collocation is a fixed set of phrases. So if, for example, you know that you drop an article using the word CEO, and it should be the CEO, uh, if you relearn this phrase in the context saying like, I'd like to become the CEO of Savvy. Mm, or I've met the CEO of Apple. Uh, or Dima is the CTO of Rollup. Uh, such sentence might uh, become your earworm and with lots of repetitions and learning, you will automatically remember one day that the CEO would go with the. Uh, and if you know that you have some words that you constantly misuse in terms of articles, putting them into a bigger phrase and learning this phrase might help you overcome this barrier and learn it better. The second case uh, where we could definitely illustrate the native language interference is using will versus going to. By the logic, we always know that will is responsible for promises and spontaneous decisions. Going to is responsible for the plans. And these language structures do not really mm, interact or they're not substitutable because they mean different things. However, in Russian language, we tend to use future much more than going to because uh, we just say things using the future tense no matter if it's a spontaneous decision or a plan. So you would say, no matter whether it's a spontaneous decision or if you have planned this activity. And right now, my suggestion for you is to think of three spontaneous decisions that you haven't thought of, but you probably will do in the future and make sentences like, I will call my mom tonight. I will text Dasha and ask her about her business. I will invite Yasa on a date. So please go on and make up three sentences. If you can uh, do it aloud, if not, just think of three spontaneous decisions and use will send them. Sweet. And now we'll do the same thing with going to. So going to is used for actions that you have already in your to-do list. And you can just remember things that you have to do today and use the phrase I'm going to describing these phrases. So in my case, that would be I'm going to create the placement test for the new students at Savvy. I'm going to work on the motivation system for our new product. I'm going to go to Murka office and have a support English class there. 
So now it's your turn. Think of three things you have in your to-do list for today or tomorrow and use I'm going to phrases either aloud or just thinking of the full sentences to get them fixed in your mind. And the last example for today is related to Russian word dolzhen. I think Dolzhen is an amazing example of how our native language interferes into our English and makes us translate most of the things using one closest translation, which is need. I need to go, I need to see, uh, we need something. Uh, Wherever there are so many shades and patterns that you could use instead. So one of the most obvious is have to. You could use have to in terms of some external necessity or situation where you appeared. Like, I don't have tomatoes, but I'd like to cook a salad. I'd like to cook some stew or I'd like to make a salad. Um, I have to buy more tomatoes. Obviously not need to, but have to. Or another substitute would be should. Should is another good word, which is softer and it's providing advice even to yourself. Like, I should probably wake up earlier or I should do more exercises. I should read more. Definitely not need. Be supposed to when people expect you to do something. Like you are an English teacher and you are supposed to speak English better <laughs> or not make any mistakes. But, well, we are all humans, right? Uh, so when you look at, into such variety of words like dolgen, need, have to, should, be supposed to, must, or the mixing words like possibility and opportunity, offer and suggest, that have the same translation. There are three things that you could do, or three steps, how you can improve that. And this is what I'll ask you to do after you listen to this podcast. First of all, is to look at the function of each of these phrases. So when you use this phrase, what it means in the language. After making a little research into quite often confused words, you will definitely find out in which cases you might use need to, by the way, when you speak about something really essential or necessary for your life, like I need to sleep, I need to drink, or I need to take a break. Whereas in most casual situations, you probably want to use have to. Uh, the second case is multiple repetitions. So the more you repeat the correct phrase, the better. Uh, you could try it in different formats, in the spoken one, in the written one. You could try the mobile apps and many other ways. The more often you repeat the better phrase, the more chances that you will use it in the extreme situations or just without thinking to make it automated. And of course, the last one is writing. And this is where I invite you to share what you have to say. My suggestion for you is to create a short story related to the podcast listening, where you would integrate some future forms like will and go into, and some phrases like need, have to, shoot, and be supposed to, to practice what we've just learned. If you could add up and spice it up with some articles, that would be amazing. Please feel free posting your short texts or stories, either as a comment at our YouTube channel or at sonar.one at englishtea podcast's comment section. I'll be happy to hear your feedback about this episode. Please do get in touch with me because all the future episodes will really depend on what you have to say. It's been a pleasure being with you guys. Have a nice week and keep in touch. Bye-bye.